Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. What is life coaching and do you need it? Maybe you find yourself thinking that while you're listening to this podcast. Well, I can tell you life coaching changed my life and I had had years of therapy. I mean, years of therapy. Therapy um, helped with a lot of, you know, figuring out what my issues were. And then therapists a lot of times give advice. I don't give advice. What a life coach does is helps you figure out where you're stuck, where you're not happy, why you're not happy, and then we help you move forward, like map it out, come up with tools that'll help you. You're accessing your own inner wisdom. I know it makes my job so easy because we each have that own inner wisdom. If you're curious about life coaching, let's do a complimentary discovery call. It is so much fun and I think you'll be blown away. I mean, really, even 30 minutes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rock your world. So let's try it. Come on over to CoachHopeCook.com and that's where you schedule your complimentary discovery call. Hello, everybody. Today, I wanted to tell you about my weekend. So I went to a silent retreat, and this was not the first time I've done this. Um, I try to go twice a year, and I'm going to tell you about it and how you can possibly do something similar in your life and how it will wow you. (laughs) It's the best way I can think to describe it. Um, So I went down to a place in South Georgia. It's about two hours from where I live. It's not a fancy yoga or wellness center. They do serve delicious home-cooked meals, but um, it's definitely not a fancy place. And I drove past these farms and fields and really small towns to this retreat center where everybody goes to be quiet it's not a place to escape, or at least it, it shouldn't be, I don't think, but it's, it's to refresh your soul. I know that sounds like big and, you know, important, refresh your soul. And the first time my husband actually went before I did, and um, I kind of made fun of him. Or I didn't kind of, I did make fun of him because I was like, oh my gosh, Chase is at a silent retreat. How weird is that? wonder what they're doing right now. But when he came back, he was like, so um, he had this peace about him and he, it was just hard to describe what I saw in him. So I got curious and that's when I went probably, I don't know, eight years ago. 
So anyway, it was my time to go. I'd scheduled it months earlier and then the timing could not have been worse. Um, but maybe that's the best time to go away by yourself. So we had all these appointments lately. Um, we've had no groceries. The house was like messy and chaotic because I don't have a house cleaner anymore. And it's just, you know how it gets. Everybody's moods were tense, um, down, including me. So I almost canceled at the last minute, but I felt like I was kind of getting pulled to go. And this is what it feels like when my inner wise woman is talking to me. It's like a pull. Um, some people describe it as like God winks or nudges. They'll, they'll notice coincidences, serendipitous events. Maybe they have urges. But mine feels like a pull. And I heard Oprah describe it. She said it's like there's a cord that she's connected to, like her soul is connected to this cord. And it's woven throughout the tapestry of her life um, in the hardships and the wonderful moments. And it, she said it feels like it's gently tugging you towards like the next step. Despite this pull, my brain argued a hard case for not going. Eli had his first cross-country meet, which he wasn't going to run in because it was like he'd literally been doing this maybe four days. <laughs> so, But still, it was his first meet. Chase had a lot of stuff going on. Ollie ended up getting sick, and I was in a rental car because my car got rear-ended. And um, yeah, so I was in a rental car. But as I said, the, I had this strong pull and so even though my brain was like, you need to stay here. What kind of mother are you? I left. I left. And as I got closer to the retreat center and the farms got bigger, I, I couldn't listen to podcasts anymore. It was like they started getting intrusive, the, the podcast voices. You know how it kind of feels annoying, like a little fly buzzing in your ear. So I turned off the podcast and I just drove in silence. I got there about 3.30 Friday afternoon. There's no check-in procedure. You just walk into the guest house. It has uh, maybe seven little bedrooms. They look like um, what I would imagine a nun's room <laughs> looks like. You know, it just has a single bed. It has a um, rocking chair, a desk, and a bedside table. And there's just something so relaxing about the silence and about only having what's necessary. So I don't take any fancy clothes. I don't take, um, I mean, I, I just minimize everything. I was going to say I don't take makeup, but I decided to be totally honest. I do take a little bit of concealer and a little mascara just for me. Um, but anyway, so I immediately put the extra quilt. They have a extra quilt and I put it on the bed and I crawled under the covers at 3.30 on Friday afternoon and I slept and it felt so good. And then it was time to get up and meditate. So I went in the chapel and you just sit quietly for 20 minutes and I just watched my thoughts and boy, were my thoughts jumping around. Like, what if it rains? What if Ollie got soaking wet while she was walking home from school? What if my mother-in-law does not know where to pick Eli up? What if, you know, and on and on and on. But I was able to use a trick that I think I learned from a yoga teacher years ago. And she said, just um, categorize those thoughts and pretend you're filing them away, like in a manila folder um, under headings like... <laughs> 
kids get injured or hurt or natural disaster thoughts. And so I had, you know, in my mind, I'm filing away the thoughts. By the time we were done meditating, I was feeling pretty good. So it was time for something called Eucharist, which I was not familiar with, but, you know, until I went to the retreat center. So it's where there's a very short service. So that's spoken. um, And then you take communion. And then I just sat outside. I watched the birds and the little um, bird feeder and the squirrels and just sat. Like, how often do we do that where we just sit and do nothing? Then it was time for supper and you eat in silence. So it's kind of weird. Um, I mean, it's not like you get in trouble if you talk. So if you were like, uh, um, should I sit here? Or I don't know if you said something like that, it would be fine. Nobody's going to shush you, but everybody's there for silence. So you take your bites without talking and you really taste your food and you notice your food and you don't rush it because that would be weird if you were inhaling your food and everybody else is like taking these mindful bites. So that part feels weird the first time you do it, but it's amazing. We had tamales and black beans, yellow rice, a salad. Um, there were about four other guests and then the host are, um, who live there, Steve and Faye and Oliver. And then, then we had another little short service, like a bedtime service. We were done by eight. I went back to bed and slept nine hours, woke up Saturday feeling so restored, but still almost like I was in, like I was recovering Um, because I think I'd been so burned out. I had not been sleeping for the last two weeks probably. And, um, so anyway, I just, it felt so good to sleep. I got up, did like sat in the chapel by myself and just thought about what I was grateful for, but also prayers that I wanted or needed. There's not really cell service. There's like one little corner of the field where you can get cell service, um, but you don't get it in the house at all. So I did not get any text while I was in the house. And Steve makes the most delicious sourdough bread. He makes it every day and he's done so for 30 years. And it's so good and made my coffee. And then I went for a walk. Now y'all, I usually (laughs) try to exercise and do at least something every day. And in the past, when I go to the retreat, I will power walk around the fields. I mean, they mow it so that it's, um, that's what it's for. But I'll do like speed walking, like pumping my arms past the soybeans, the cotton. But this walk was different. I, I felt like I could not move my body fast. And it was so soothing to just take time. I'd heard of meditative walking, but I've never done it until this trip. And I don't even know if that's what I really did, but I took such slow steps and I listened as my feet crunched the tractor ridges in the dirt. And I noticed like the dew on the plants and spider webs and the tiniest little pink flowers that I've ever seen. I know I wouldn't have noticed them if I'd been power walking. And I used all my senses. So I learned this with life coaching that if you're in sympathetic nervous system mode where your body's in fight or flight, 
you, um, you're in survival mode and the cortisol's pumping through your body or the adrenaline. So if you want to access the parasympathetic nervous system, you can do it with your senses. You can notice what you smell, what you taste, what you hear, what you feel. So I did that while I was walking. And that's kind of how the whole weekend went. I just napped, I ate, I walked, I sat, I lay in bed. And by the time I drove home on Sunday, I knew that I had made the right choice in getting away, even though it was really hard. Um, but even, you know, like when I pulled up in the driveway, Ollie met me as I got out of the car and said, my throat hurts, I have a headache. And I'm like, oh, God. So I'm doing COVID tests and strep tests and I'm trying to go to the grocery store. And um, so I just wanted to tell you all this. So it's not so that like I'm not getting ready to host a silent retreat. Um, I'm not telling you because I want you to drive down to South Georgia and start staying at this place because then it'll book up and I won't be able to get in. I'm telling you this because what I see in my own life often mirrors what I see in clients and friends, especially moms. We run ourselves into the ground. Another expression I've heard is we set ourselves on fire to keep other people warm. And this, y'all, leads to burnout. It leads to burnout or and or anger and resentment. And before you know it, you're all, woe is me, poor me. That's how I get. So what about you? What are you telling yourself you have to do? Do you say, I have to keep this family afloat? I have to be the chauffeur. I have to cook. I have to house clean. Um, one of mine is I have to be optimistic. I have to be like Miss Hope. You know, that's my name. So I feel like I have to always be positive. Or since I'm a life coach, I feel like I have to have my, you know, what together in my own family or it looks bad. Like who am I to life coach if my family's in chaos? But are these true? Do you have to do all these things? Do I have to be perfect? Do I have to be hopeful? No. Do I have to grocery shop for them? Do I have to make sure Ollie has lactose-free milk, that the kids brush their teeth and all this stuff? No. If you're drawing a blank right now and you're like, well, that's sad for you, Hope, but I don't really have any beliefs like that. I want you to pretend like your best friend called you and said, I want a trip for two weeks and I want you to come with me and your boss gives you permission and some way you still get paid when you're gone for these two weeks so think about this as if it's really happening what would be your protest what would pop into your brain if I said okay you need to go away for two weeks this is going to be amazing what excuses would you have and it's like we are carrying around bricks in a backpack and the bricks are labeled, you know, childcare, groceries, house cleaning, cleaning, marriage. And we are willingly carrying these around on our backs and we keep piling in more and more and more. Have we all forgotten about March of 2020 when the world shut down and all those things we thought we had to do? You know, all the soccer games and all the meetings and all the appointments we had. And all of a sudden, we didn't have to do any of those. And like the world kept turning 
In fact, for a lot of people, it got a whole lot simpler and maybe even more pleasant other than the, other than the global pandemic, our lives got a whole lot calmer, um, at least our home lives. So the image of the bricks and the backpack, that's what this weekend was all about. It was a permission slip from me to me to set that backpack down. It is so much harder than it looks, but once you do, it's like you can breathe again. You can feel that cord that Oprah talked about that's like weaving through the tapestry of your life. You're able to see the big picture. You're able to get a perspective shift. And nobody's life was in danger when I left. By setting those bricks down, nobody got hurt. So here's your steps. If you're curious about how to set the bricks down, here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to notice when you're getting weighed down. There are often physical signs like you're some people I work in dermatology. So some people, their skin will be a hot mess like rosacea or psoriasis. It just it flares. Other times it's your muscles. My husband is his muscles get so tight and he'll like throw his neck out. Um, you get terrible reflux. You can't sleep. Sleep is one of mine. Or you binge eat on something stupid like the kid's cereal. I'll do that too. Um, mentally, you start showing signs like you're snapping at loved ones. They're noticing. You're noticing. You're feeling bad about it. You're sighing a lot. You're feeling either anxious or maybe like, what is the point? And just defeated. You want to numb out on shopping or drinking or eating. Or maybe you become unusually weepy and emotional. So first step, notice. Number two, once you notice, you have a choice. So you have a choice. Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. That's one of my favorite things to say to my kids. Once you know better, you do better. So once you realize you're carrying around too much weight on your shoulders, you have a choice to do things differently. And this can be like an aha for people when it finally sinks in and they realize I can do things differently. In AA, I heard this the other day and I thought it was fabulous. In AA, they have a term for victim. It's called a volunteer. I mean, think about that. You are choosing to do all these things. I have a um, body compass exercise on my YouTube channel. I'll link, link it in this um, show notes. But it's how to know which things you need, which bricks you need to let go of and which bricks you need to hold on to. Number four, get clear about what you want. So many clients give me a blank look when I say, what do you really want to happen? Or what do you want to be, di what do you want to be different? Because we don't even let ourselves imagine alternatives. The left side of our brain, which is what we're usually functioning out of, will flat out tell you there are no other options. Carry on, little soldier. Grin and bear it. Suck it up, buttercup. But if you can access the right side of your brain, the creative side, you will be shocked at what you can come up with. So one simple quick thing is like, imagine you have a magic wand in which you can create unlimited resources, unlimited help. What would you do with this wand? And that kind of gets you thinking in a different way. 
Number five, name what your version of peace and recharge might look like. It may not be going to a silent retreat. That may sound totally weird to you. Or maybe it's like just hiring a babysitter for two hours while you go to a coffee shop all by yourself. Or you go to a yoga class that's crazy expensive. Two of my friends went to, they got up in the dark on a Saturday morning one year and drove to Atlanta for a soul cycle class. That is my idea of H-E-double-L, so I didn't go. Another friend is like, she loves to dance and she'll throw these parties where she, um, like blast the music. She invites a bunch of people over and they will dance until the wee hours. This is also my idea of hell. (laughs) One of my clients, I like this. This is, this is pretty simple and I don't know if everybody can get away with it where you work, but she will put in for sick leave to meet with me. And I'm not a therapist, but I'm not sure what she puts on her sick leave, but she will take, uh, you know, a few hours of sick leave every other week or so. And she schedules it after lunch. So she gets the afternoon off and she's doing this for her. My neighbor Kelly turns her phone on do not disturb on Sundays. She kind of like goes off the radar. She uses her Sundays to rest, reflect, recharge. I mean, you could try just sitting outside with nothing to do. I dare you. It's so hard. It is so hard to just sit and do nothing or to eat in silence. Does that make you feel uncomfortable just thinking about it? All right. And then the last thing, number six, put it on your calendar. I never leave this place, this silent retreat, without putting another visit on the calendar for six months later. Um, Because I know this was not great timing. I would have totally canceled it. But I also know that if I cancel, you know, other people missed out on going because I took up the spot. So then I won't cancel. But I promise you, you will be a better mother, friend, spouse, whatever you are, worker, if you take this time for yourself, if you experiment with silence or whatever it is that recharges you. All right, reach out if you want to hear more and I can even tell you where it is, but I'm going to I'm going to make you message me or email me to get that information. hope.cook at gmail.com or Instagram at coach hope cook. All right, that's it. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.